Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. On today's episode, Jake and Sports Car Junction move on to Top 64. Chuck plays a flying bug. And we are joined by Lady Dunsparce. Chuck, how are we doing today, my friends? Oh, we are doing good. It is another week, another fun, fabulous, another fantastic episode. Uh, I'm having a case of the I can't speak. So yeah, we've done a little bit of pre-editing or a lot of (laughs) putting a lot of work on yourself tonight. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but yeah, uh, I had I've had a fun week. Not, not too much going on. I'm still working on a bunch of fun stuff in my new house. So, touring right. all weekend. Right. Made it out for Pokemon. As you said, I decided because I went crazy when Vivid Voltage came out. And you I was did. like, I want a fourth Orbeetle. Orbeetle is going to be great. This is going to be an awesome card. And I realized I never put it in a deck and actually played it in real life. Right. So, right. I decided to do it this weekend because, hey, it won an online tournament. It's got to do good. Uh, no, because uh, the first thing, of course, I got paired against was someone trying to revive Senescorch. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> so I played Fire Deck first thing out. So uh, it was still fun. It was uh, incredibly fun to re- show everybody. What does Eerie Beam do again? Uh, And I was like, did you bring dice? Because I brought a bunch. Right. So uh, that was fun because no one knew what Orbital did, but it it did not do well. I did uh, manage to beat that Santa Scorch deck in in one game, but he took the series. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I made a a play that made a checkmate. So he hit me with Santa Scorch, took out an Orbital, but then Orbital, you know, hits for a, a, a whole lot. If you have like seven energies on it, he learned so his lesson. What is what you're saying is the Santa Scorch player learned a lesson. Don't load up more than you need. Yeah, he learned that uh, he doesn't need to smack an orbital. He needs to smack an orbital first, right? Not, not uh, take it. Back not the V star or V V max. Yeah. Uh, I finished middle of the road, and it was just a fun day. So nice. um, we'll reinvent the wheel the next week. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> How was your week? Um, I heard it, I heard someone moved on again. Yeah, we're in double digits I, now. I, I, we're in double digits, and we're one win away from getting at top thirty-two, Matt, which was like the biggest goal in my eyes. Obviously, I would love to go further than that, but I, I um, it just it was a crazy match. Um, I, I I don't have the matchups in front of me. I forget. It was Mount Olympus. Uh, we climbed Mount Olympus. We played Olympus games. I believe they were in Arizona. Um, I don't remember the players' names, but I know there are some pretty prevalent players on there, somebody that might have been on Lean Art's new team. Um, And we ended up taking the series 5-3, and it was very close. Uh, Well, it started off, they took took the lead in round one, and then we swept round two. So it was basically, we just needed to win one in in round three. and, you know, before the round, we were again, like last the week before, we were like, we just need one. Um, so I was like racing to the top of the mountain and Adam got there first um, and, and and closed it out for us, um, giving us our fifth point. Um, so we did take the dub um, and, you know, we're moving on to the next round. Um, so I'm very, very excited about that. Um, and, you know, I'm trying, like I said last week, I'm just trying to keep 
my uh, my first real season alive. Um, you know, with this IRL stuff, even though it's not IRL, um, just trying to keep this last season alive, uh, or the first season alive for me. Um, so I was pretty pumped about that. Um, pretty excited. And I hope we continue to do well. And I, I love my teammates, um, all of them. Big shout out to Adam, uh, to Colton and Samantha. All great. Um, couldn't have asked for better teammates. Um, the communication um, between each other um, before rounds, after rounds, just kind of what decks we need to bring um, and, and matchup spreads. I'm having a blast. Win, lose, or draw the rest of the way. Um, you know, always love these guys and, and gals, um, but just to be able to kind of like just have this bonding experience also as a team um, is, is just awesome. So I would love to be in that room while you guys are playing. Uh, it, it's that sounds like a great time. I'd love to just pump you up. Uh, I unfortunately am not there, as we all know, but and I'm not allowed to be in there. But uh, keep on, Ruben. I can't wait till next week to talk about how you're in top 32. Uh, I hope that's what we're talking about next week. Um, but like I said, regardless, I'm just um, I've had a blast um, with my team. Um, I want to keep it going. So yeah. we'll see if we can do that. Um, but, but that's enough about us. We got, we got to stop talking about us. Yes, we have. We're not alone again. This week, no, so. we're not alone. We have an awesome, awesome guest um, to the podcast. Um, and that, of course, is Ladies Dunsparce, a.k.a. Ali Bomb. How are we doing today? Hi, I'm doing awesome. It's so awesome to be here. Thank you guys for inviting me. Oh, not a problem. Um, like like I told you pre-podcast, um, you know, um, Chuck and I are big fans. Um, had an opportunity to meet you at NIC um, and, you know, just kind of following you on Twitter um, and being able to just, you know, get to talk to you and pick your brain about a little bit of Pokemon, um, you know, and as you're part of this community. So I'm, I'm very excited for that. Yeah. That's so sweet. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> I've had so much fun, like documenting my progress from being kind of a beginning player, mm -hmm. someone who's kind of learning the rules to getting more and more confident and going back through Twitter, looking through all my old deck lists, you can just see that progression. And right. it, it's so much fun to look at. It's almost like a diary. Yeah. I do the same thing. <laughs> so it's, that's awesome to hear that, you, uh, you know, I'm not alone in that category. I guess I should do that more. I don't know. I guess yeah, I only yeah. be able to I... be able to judge yourself, um, <laughs> you know, live and, you know, from the past um, is, is just a great tool to have in, in social media, um, you know, Twitter, um, you know, even even with streaming on Twitch or YouTube, um, just great resources to have to improve anybody's um, game when you just look back at themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, even posting those bad deck lists or writing them down so you can figure out where you went wrong. I've been working on Zashi and V Union and I know where I've gone wrong in building it and just documenting my progress as I've been going through it. It's been a trip. All right, Allie. Well, um, like I said, this is the first time you're on, on the podcast. Um, I want you to, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your Pokemon journey to this uh, to this point. Um, for those who don't know who you are. Yeah, so hi, I'm Allie, aka Lady Dunsparce. Um, my Pokemon journey kind of started uh, when I was really young. I was uh, at my family's uh, like lake house with all of my cousins and my aunts and uncles. And I saw my cousin playing this game on his Game Boy Color. And I kept begging him like, can I watch it? Can I try it? Can I watch it? Can I try it? And his <laughs> his reaction was, you can't play this game. It is for boys only. Oh, geez. <laughs> so little seven-year-old me decided that year, 
uh, I was going to ask Santa Claus for a teal Game Boy Color, uh, whatever game my cousin was playing, and that I would be better <laughs> than him at it. So uh, I got hopefully I got all of those things. I definitely got the game in the Game Boy Color. Um, but I've been growing up with the uh, video games for basically my whole life. I've played through every single one, and just going through and getting to be uh, getting to watch the characters grow and all of like the whole franchise grow mm -hmm. from the 200 some with Jodo to um now we're what about to get to over a thousand right after this after Scarlet and Violet so um just getting there um I didn't start Pokemon TCG until I was a college student I had two really close friends in my major who said this seems like a game for you try it with us mm -hmm. and um they introduced me to the rules and i got to play some basic decks um took a step back for a while and in the pandemic i looked at my husband and i said you know what i haven't played this game in a while i loved playing this game in college let's play it together right we bought the world championship decks and we said okay this is really fun we started opening packs this was roughly when darkness ablaze came out so we were just playing with whatever we had and then we just kept practicing and practicing um, and our interest just kept growing. So um, now we're going to these big tournaments and just enjoying what this game is and how much fun it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a like, so your card journey is very similar to almost me and Jake's because we, we started maybe a set before you like, well, I did. No, you start, I started Jake the started set before, before you. I, I started you got me in yeah. right at Rebel Plaque. So, oh, then I started right two there. sets before you then. Yeah. It was um, like the calm before the scalper storm. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Little did you know you were getting into that scalper storm <laughs> and you couldn't find product <laughs> as you were getting into yeah, a Everything hobby. was so hunky-dory when, when, when you were like, yeah, just come play Pokemon. Everything was readily available. I'd go somewhere, then, yeah, then the storm. It's but, like, uh, oh no, have to buy everything I see because I'm not going to see it for another two months. Right. Yeah, so, it, it was crazy. Side, side question, was your husband, when you decided in the pandemic, when you were like, hey, I haven't played this, does he, did he have any experience with the TCG at all? Or zero, like... Before zero. we met, he had zero Pokemon experience at all. He oh, wow. dabbled in the Sword and Shield video game when I bought it. Um, but outside of that, he had, he couldn't tell you any of the Pokemon. Oh, wow. That's great. That's cool. <laughs> so you converted him. Oh, yes, absolutely. There we go. <laughs> uh, I mean, because I think we uh, personally, I think we met both of you at NAIC because we got to play uh, side event there. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I couldn't remember. And I'd have to, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure he beat me in the tournament too with his Palkia deck that he was playing. Okay. So uh, he's come a long way. If if zero experience just uh uh in so good on that and like teaching him the way as well and then uh that's pretty cool. Yeah, we practice we practice so hard. So it's trying having to your, always get better. Yeah, having uh, your I test partner live with you it seems though. pretty fun. <laughs> The only thing that's not fun is when we both want to play Palkia, but we're not buying two play sets of it. Right. right. <laughs> I love to have that test partner in the house all day. I, I second that. I ditto. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Let's get back on track because we went yes. down a little tangent. Um, we let Allie do her introduction. Let's get to the the four starter questions. Right. All right. You mean I'll start. I'll start. You so, got this. Uh, we'll throw the softball. That usually turns into be the hardest question. I, no, dude. I, what? Some people will have a hard time with this one. I do not think we're going to have a hard time with Allie here. Uh, what, what is your favorite Pokemon? Hmm. This is the toughest question of the day, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> my favorite Pokemon is Dunsparce. I love, I love that derpy little thing so much. <laughs> um, I, when I was playing the games as a kid, um, my childhood best friend would say, man, this Pokemon can do nothing. And I just wanted to stand up for it. I'm like, it's so cute though. Like, give it a chance. Right. It earned a little bit of respect when it was on my championship team. Yeah. So, wait, but I've wait. loved it ever since. Ex- expand upon championship team. Uh, you know, when I'm trying to beat Lance at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. There we go. Makes so, way all the way there. I mean, that and it's pretty viable um, in Arceus. It's a really good partner with Arceus right now. So, Oh, in, I squealed in, in joy. Yeah. I squealed in joy when I got a competitive card. Right. <laughs> um. So I did see... I don't know how this probably a couple of weeks ago you did uh tweet something like you can't wait if if Dunsparce ever gets an evolution. Um would you would you jump ship in and pick the evolution over over the starter Dunsparce? It depends on the evolution. Right. I think I'm gonna love the evolution, hopefully, equally. Um, but I'm keeping some fingers crossed for Scarlet and Violet. Hopefully it's going to have a dragon typing or some other typing outside of normal to make it competitively viable in the BGC. And, you know, maybe we'll get a V star of it or something. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. I was, you went there. I knew that he, I was pretty sure that they were going to give him an evolution. So that's cool. It's about time. Right. We'll get there. All right, so uh, moving up uh, away from your favorite Pokemon, um, what is your favorite Pokemon card? And th- you... now, I'm sorry. Yeah, what is your favorite Pokemon card? It could be any card for any reason. Oh, goodness. Ah, this is a stressful question. <laughs> um, I'll talk about the competitive card that I like the most. Okay. I include Leon in almost every single one of my decks. Um, just I was playing Mew VMAX at NAIC. That Leon was what pushed me over the edge for many of my games. Um, When I was playing with Dragonite, the Leon was the thing that got me that 310 HP knockout on Mm -hmm. a VMAX Pokemon. Um, It's been a necessary inclusion in almost every single deck that I've built. It just makes those heavy hitters hit hard enough to get that full knockout that you need. It's funny you mentioned him and you played that at NAIC to get those knockouts. I was actually playing um RC or I'm sorry, uh, uh Leon as well in my Palkia deck that that did the same exact kind of thing. Just get you know a great math fixer card. So no, that's a solid choice. Yeah. As far as the arts, is there anyone that you prefer over the other? Um, so I have been kind of obsessed with the 
um, artworks that are the Japanese cards that are based on famous artworks. So when I went to the Milwaukee regionals, I got the opportunity to pick up a Cydic card that's based on the screen painting. And that's probably my favorite like art that I have. Um, I also had to buy that uh, Cramorant that was based on the artwork as well. So I love <laughs> both of those cards. I think those are just so creative. I wish they had them in uh, in our language, of course. Right, right. That would be that would be awesome. Uh, and kind of, I'm kind of jealous because a lot of the times those Japanese cards, um, there's so many awesome prints of those cards um, that just never we never see the light of day here in the United States. So um, mm -hmm. it is. It's awesome, um, but also kind of sad at the same time. Yeah. All right. So moving on from favorites, now we have to touch the other end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. What is your least favorite Pokemon card for any reason as well? Uh, just don't like it. You can't beat it. You don't like the art. However you want to classify it, least favorite card. Um, for me, it's Gengar VMAX. Uh, my first competitive kind of um, encounter with it, I was playing Leafeon, and it had that dumb hiding darkness energy on it. So it, <laughs> my attacks did basically nothing. It made me really mad. So, of course, I'm going to go home and say, all right, now I'm going to make it and see how I can beat it. And it ended up being probably the most inconsistent thing I tried. Right. And I was just, how, I, it just blew my mind. Um, for me, I probably won't touch a Gengar deck just because it did not work out. It was not too hot for me. Right, that's fair. <laughs> I always I always love how that works out because that has done, I've done that exact same thing where you just go, ah, oh, and you keep losing to it with whatever you're playing. You're like, fine, if you can't beat it, let me play it. And then you go to play it and it just doesn't seem to work as, as you were getting beat by it. It just, it, it just doesn't want to work the I same way. I swear this deck works. It's like, how did you, how did you donk me? And now like, I can't even draw anything I need. Right. What? How did that happen? Exactly. There's, there's Gengar VMAXs in this deck. Can't seem to find them. It's like that one, um, I don't remember who it was at one of the regionals, um, but they actually prized three Gengar V on one of their games. And I was just, oh, this is what this deck does. Right, you know? right. It, sometimes that kind of happens. Uh, well, luckily now we have um, assuming level ball or heavy ball. Um, mm -hmm. So it does, it does help with that kind of um, unfortunate prizing a little bit. It's a very good addition to a lot of decks. Oh, I sure. agree. All right, so the last of the standard four questions we have for you. Um, what is your favorite Pokemon uh, memory to date? I, now, I guess normally it's it's TCG related, but since you've been in the, you know, the Pokemon, you've been involved with Pokemon your, basically your whole life, like you said. Um, is there any one memory that sticks out uh, more than anything else? Um, I think my favorite memory, um, when uh, there were the first big... IRL event to happen was at Full Grip Games. They had a big 1K and my husband, my brother, and I made the plunge and decided we were going to go ahead, drive to Ohio, uh, and participate in this big tournament for the first time because we'd actually never played outside of our local league. Mm -hmm. So having the opportunity to play and meet a lot of the content cre creators that we were uh, look that we look up to, that was just so much fun. 
Right. And, I mean, we were going to like chicken places and spaghetti warehouse and all kinds of fun places. It was just, it was just a really fun trip with my brother and my husband and mm-hmm. just had a really good time. Yeah. I can't fault you for that. Like, I think the number one sentiment over like almost every Pokemon player is the community and being able to interact with the, everybody on, um, you know, mostly in real life, but, you know, to extension on online as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the the part about the game that I enjoy um, outside of my competitiveness um, over anything else is just that camaraderie that, you know, you get from people that you've met through this game. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, our local league start just started off with the three of us um, playing in my basement. We bought my brother a deck for Christmas, said, you're going to enjoy this game too. Then we <laughs> Then he brought his best friend in and then two people randomly showed up at the local game store and we all played together, the six of us. And then my brother brought in people he met in line at GameStop and it just grew and grew and grew. And those people are now my best friends. They're the people I text about not just Pokemon stuff, but about real life stuff, too. Exactly. That's that's uh, just beautiful right there. It's what it's all about. It's encouraging, especially if you're in an area where maybe you don't have a local league. Sometimes it just takes um, a few close friends um, before it really grows. Our local league's at about, I think last week we had 30 people and five were on vacation. So it just kept, it's kept on growing and there's always the potential if you want to start one in your area. Of course. Um, Yeah, just keep keep growing that community that's all we could ask for um just add you know to the awesome uh, you know group of people that are are part of this all right well yeah. that's it for questions right right um so like i kind of said pre-game i wanted to do something a little bit different um and kind of highlight ali um or you know if this kind of work if this format works in the future um uh, you know highlight our guests you know, before we get to our fun uh, shenanigans. So we'll kind of hold that off a little bit towards the end. Um, so we'll just get back into, you know, just learning about Allie and her community and everything, um, you know, Pokemon uh, and all the topics we have today. All right. So I want to uh, kind of start with, um, you know, you kind of already elaborated on, you know, how you started your local community. And that, you know, that was a beautiful story on on, you know, how you got started. But what is your ultimate goals in the next handful of years? Um, for your local community or, or even just kind of going outward, um, you know, playing in major events and stuff like that? Well, it's been so exciting to see the local league grow. Um, in fact, our local game store is adding a second store so that maybe the community can be in multiple places. Um, we have people driving as far as an hour and a half. We had somebody drive an hour and a half to league wow. this past week because it's the closest one that's in our area. Um, so getting to meet more people and encourage that competitive drive. Um, recently, we've been talking about um, starting doing some GLC stuff and trying some of the new formats that they've been uh, that were in that handbook that Pokemon recently put out. So right. getting to uh, getting to know the cards a little bit better. Um, for me personally, I want I want to just keep growing as a player. I want to keep increasing uh, my progress. Hopefully this upcoming season, last season was my rookie season. I knew to qualify for Worlds, I had to win NAIC. A <laughs> lot of pressure going in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in that boat. Had to do what we had to do. And unfortunately, this will just beat us all out. Right. Um, 
But I'm hoping now that there's the opportunity to earn points through league cups, league championships, I hope and think, I hope, um, now that we have those opportunities, there will be more possibility for me to maybe make it to that level. Um, Next season, I'd love to make a day two of a regional or as many regionals as possible. Um, Those are kind of my more immediate goals as going forward. Right. I, I definitely think it's uh, obtainable um, watching, you know, your, you know, some of your past dreams, just the way you talk about the game um, and your decision making processes. And even when you make mistakes, I, I you've said blatantly, um, you know, I probably should have done this, this or that. Um, so, you know, just as a skill, um, you know, I see potential in you just to continue growing. Um, and then just even as points um, last season, uh you know, we're kind of in the same boat as you. Um, when when I went to Indianapolis, I missed miscut by one game um, and still ended up with 30 points. So that was, you know, a positive. And one of our locals, um, he missed day two at NAIC uh, by one game, kind of similar thing. And I believe it was uh, 60 or 90 points. Um, so if you have even a couple of those, plus your, you know, your cups and locals and stuff like that, um, depending on where that threshold is, it's definitely reasonable to think that you can, you know, qualify to get that, you know, to get that minimum to get, get to worlds. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> yes. looking for like, like the, as she was saying, uh, just learning points in league cups and, and, and I'm in, interested in really looking forward to attacking that season and just seeing what it's going to be like. So I, that's, that's what I'm really looking forward to. I don't, I haven't set goals as defined as finite as that, but I mean, those, those sound really good. Might copy and paste. Right. <laughs> you can't fault those goals. Um, uh, normally uh, we kind of, you know, we talk about the news, um, you know, and its own segment, but you kind of brought up where, um, you know, TPCI said there are, or there was that article that said there there are alternative formats uh, that they are that are being announced and that are um, quote unquote official, um, and it was kind of just like advantageous t- timing uh, because uh, like I mentioned at NAIC um, yourself and I believe it was your husband was playing against Chuck and one of our other locals um, Colton in in the tag team doubles um i don't know exactly what you call it kind of 2v2 team battles and i was only there for like two minutes um but i did point out that you guys were playing adp as as a collective whole except for chuck (laughs) adp and the other the partner that just gets the prize card boost right right (laughs) so I do want to talk a little bit about that format since you both were able to play and and you have a little bit of experience. And then, Allie, you did mention GLC. Um, that is another um, format that is now officially um, adopted by Pokemon as a official format. Um, so I would like to talk about those alternative formats and your guys' experiences thus far, since I don't have much um, experience in that in that field. Well, before, before I'm going to interject, before we mm-hmm. go over a specific format can we can we look at the like just go over the quick document that they released for for anyone who has it really um because of course what it all this is me interjecting a little bit but all it is is basically pokemon put out an alternative way to play the game that's not just hey you know what we all know and take six prizes and things like that it's different ways to have fun with your Pokemon cards. There's 
all different formats listed in it. Some are like nowhere near the game and some are really advanced levels of the game, mm-hmm. i.e. like GLC and stuff like that. And all it does is kind of like break down the rules and gives you guidelines on how to play them. So it's a really cool document if you're looking for alternative ways to play the game, just like something for fun for a day. Um, uh, it's a cool way to just look through the pamphlet and and try out. I mean, there's great fun beginner formats for little kids that you can just if you have if your dad and you're trying to get your kid involved and you just want to teach him Pokemon cards. And then there's really, like if you're really competitive and you want to learn something more just in depth of cards, advanced formats, you can get into there too. So that's just breaking down what we're going to then break down formats that are inside of this. Right. So, so Ali, we, since you were the guest, um, which format do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about the tag team 2v2? Yeah, um, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's go. Um, so I guess um, start us off by kind of giving us a breakdown of, you know, the nuances that are outside of like the normal rules that you would find in a standard game, um, since there are two players on each side. Yeah, so... Initially, what I thought I was walking into, I thought it was going to be I would have a separate deck playing somebody across from me. Mm -hmm. My husband would have his own deck playing across the table with somebody. And then we would actually have a third deck in the middle, like a third separate deck in the middle, playing a third separate deck in the middle. And we would just be taking turns with all three of these. I was absolutely wrong. So (laughs) uh, they explain uh, they explained to us that um, essentially we had two decks. Um, I would be playing whoever was across from me. My husband played whoever was across from him. And in the middle was kind of a fusion of both of our decks mm-hmm. versus a fusion of both of our opponent's decks. So we played, I played Arceus Dragonite, which is a deck I love, 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 love. It's my, it's my baby. And he was playing Palkia. And we were using the uh, Arceus to Starbirth in the middle. Um, and we both had control of any cards that were in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, my opponents, um, they were using Lilligant and Dialga. So it was an interesting, definitely an interesting pair for sure. Right. Yeah. You want to expand upon that, Chuck? <laughs> yeah, we were using Lilligant and Dialga. And uh, Colton, my teammate, was curious on how... Uh, uh, this is just a side note too. He's curious how having an extra turn would work. Uh, by the way, in team formats, you are not allowed to take an extra turn. There, uh, the, any any turn extra turn effects do not happen. It's, it's in the rules, uh, which is in the handbook. But uh, that's how we got ADP on the board. Uh, <laughs> but then I just I was I didn't have another standard deck, so I just played my Lilligan deck that I played in the tournament. And uh, uh, the other there was another pair there that was parrot like they came ready they were playing a dark rye eternatus pretty sure you played them too and they were they were ready to go because that like like ali was explaining you have like these three games going on time but like the, the really cool part that i saw of team format was which i don't know if you thought about it at any like well the way you were going into it you probably didn't think about it but me and colton didn't think about is that that middle lane there's so much fun stuff you could do in there because it's completely shared so you have three games going on but if you just and then the middle lane anyone can interact with the cards there they're completely shared shared so if you thought about it like i could play a sobble and on the next turn for both playing intelli online if 
if my partner has the drizzle, he can evolve it. So mm. it's not like I have to evolve Pokemon or, and then if someone needs an extra burst of cards, they can play the draw supporter into the middle for their, their, and then still like Leon in, in their, their uh, attack lane. Okay. So it just gives a lot of flexibility in there, in that format. And it's really cool because you're managing basically three boards. So board. How would a card like Professor's Research work in the middle lane? If you go ahead, you it I'll let you. It depends on the person playing it. So if I if I decide I'm going to use boss's orders in my lane and professor's research in the middle lane, I get the effects of the cards. Mm -hmm. Now, in a case like Marnie, if I play Marnie in my lane, the person who is across from me also has to Marnie. But if I play it in the middle, I can choose who has Ooh. to Marnie. Interesting facts there. That's that's some next level thinking right there because you're playing against two, two, kind of three other decks. Absolutely yeah. wild. And half of the fun was navigating the format across the table because I know my discussions were very verbal. Like there was no secret what I was doing mm -hmm. because I had no idea what I was doing. And <laughs> I got kind of the same vibe across the table, but it made it yeah, more we, fun. We were definitely just speaking things out in front of, uh, we were just talking about and trying to figure out like how the how the interactions would even go um because like i said I, I think halfway through the game we were still eyeing up a second turn even though <laughs> it wasn't possible so uh yeah it, it but to your research question it is a cool orders of operations kind of thing because you can research into that middle middle lane and get more cards um but uh, i mean it happens when you do it so right uh the only cool, like, weird thing is, like, you got to be ready at the end of your turn because the only thing that kind of ha – everyone, like, your, your teammate's turn goes on simultaneously, but they can do however much stuff they want to do. You know, I, they can play 50 items or the half their deck, all <laughs> that. And But the only thing that happens basically simultaneously is when you attack, you declare attack phase as a team. So all three lanes go off at once. Okay. So, like, if you like declare attacking before your teammate's ready, he's attacking too. Like, that's the only like caveat you got to okay. be like, hey, we're ready to go. Like, not so, only do you have to think about doing it together, though, you have to think about who declares what. Because if I declare an attack that uh, in the middle lane um, that knocks out my opponent, I'm the one to get prize cards. Um, in my second game, my opponent actually, um, they were supposed to get two prize cards. They had one left and declared the attack and could only grab one prize card. So it's very interesting. It, whoever says the attack or the effect is the person that gets the benefits. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was really interesting to see the non-Zashian player using Intrepid Sword. Right. <laughs> so that's... That's wild too. That that's, that really adds to the team kind of element and strategizing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it could be very <laughs> beneficial. But if yeah, if you you kind of jump the gun, you can kind of hurt your team uh, quite a bit. Yeah, because if we if I even if I'm not playing Arceus in my deck, uh, but I declare the Arceus attack of Trinity Charge or Trinity Nova, I get to be the one. I get the effect that so I get to go into my deck. 
right. search for energy, even right. though I didn't even build RCs into the deck. I'm just getting that added benefit. That's crazy. It all depends on who's who's in, in what good state. Um, the only thing we did learn is that discard, anything that has to go back to a hand or discard pile goes back to the owner's uh, pile because we were trying to fill, we were, we were debating on whether we could fill Colton's hand with uh, grass energy by putting a Lilligate in the middle and then because the effect of picking up a grass energy. Um, I don't know to what effect, but um, we thought about trying to do that. But they were like, if a, a card goes to the discard pile or the hand, goes back to the owner of the card. Right. So there's right. a lot yeah. of rules. Oh, I mean, I, I think we could talk about this one particular yeah. subject all day <laughs> and still have questions. Um, but I, I guess to close this portion of, you know, that the team challenge kind of uh, um, dynamic game, um, you did say, you know, you, you are kind of one of the people at the forefront of your local community. Are you um, or your community interested in, in uh, you know, pursuing this kind of thing, maybe not at a league night, but just as kind of for fun? Um, and how would you go about doing that? Um, so at the moment, I don't believe there's going to be a significant amount of interest within my local league, but some of my closer friends, um, we actually have a lot of married couples at our league. Right. Um, so some of them that, uh, you know, that's double date night mm -hmm. right there. We just, we put, we pick our decks ahead of time. We go over, eat dinner and try team format together. That sounds amazing. <laughs> So it's nice when you've got it's nice when you have the built-in partner. Right. I've had a couple of people said they'd be willing to try it at my store. So um I, I think like you said, it, it might be just something that maybe it comes up uh as a fun night where if some people just want to do something different. Yeah. Um, so going into GLC, now this is now again adopted by Pokemon officially now. Um is uh, I guess, have you had much experience with GLC um, and is something, is that something, you know, your community is looking forward to? Because I know we have a few locals here in the Pittsburgh area um, that would love, love to, um, you know, get that going. I know they're you know, kid or miss interest. I know um, I'm not the hugest fan of it, but I, I mean, I see the appeal. Um, so kind mm -hmm. of speak upon the GLC <laughs> format and, and your thoughts. Um, at the moment, we have about six or seven people that have started going through the process of building their decks and searching their decks. Uh, where I'm at in the process, last night I went through my bulk and just started pulling out cards that I <laughs> know are useful. I was like looking for old sun and moon cards, like uh, I think I found Timer Ball. That was one, Nest Ball, things mm -hmm. that I didn't have a like any experience with in standard format or I messed with them very little before format changed. Mm -hmm. Um but it's very I th I think the format's extremely interesting only having one of every card in your deck other than basic energy and um having to kind of work through that the moment I'm most interested in doing a fighting deck just because I'm familiar with the uh colossal tar generator right that's probably the build I would go with but uh it's a very large uh, like work in process. I'm still trying to learn how it works and how to best uh, strategize for it. Right, right. And so uh, that's interesting because you know we've we've you know I, I think a majority of the uh, the community has heard Andrew Mahone talk about it since that's kind of his baby. He kind of started it, um, and then a lot of the people, especially in our area, that love this format are players that have been playing the game, uh, the TCG game for you know ten years or in that ballpark. 
um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you, so they have that wealth of, of the card pool um, and not only the card pool, but like the, the, the nostalgia or, or remembering what specific cards do. Um, I guess, can you speak of, of the format and kind of jumping in as a newer player um, and, and kind of what those hurdles might look uh, for you? Um, I think one of the biggest hurdles for a newer player who jumped in during Sword and Shield format, very hard to know what everything in that uh, older Diamond Pearl era do. Um, there is a website for GLC that provides a lot of budget deck lists, a lot of starting points that help you kind of figure out what some of the competitive cards in the game are. Um, at the moment, if you're checking out TCG Player, some of the most competitive cards um, in GLC, they were like commons and uncommons in some of the um, older sets, but now they're going for 40, 50 bucks. So cost can be, depending on what you're trying to do, cost can be quite the factor. Uh, Tropical Beach is insane. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. um, thankfully, I have a group of friends that are willing to work with proxies if I right. would like. Um at least until we make it official, you know. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of great resources out there to find deck lists. And um, they very clearly lay out what the basic strategy is, who the support Pokemon are, who your main attackers are. What are you trying to do with your energy? What supporter order are you trying to go in? So lots of great resources. YouTube, the GLC website, mm -hmm. uh, Pokemon Card IO is another really good one where I found some nice lists. Right. No, that's that's awesome to hear. And I know, um, you know, a lot of people are just a little bit intimidated, especially people in the same boat as you as far as like um, they're jumping on point. Um, so it's great to hear that there are so many different resources and places you can go to find out what's viable. So you're not like necessarily wasting your time, but like even wasting your resources and buying some cards that are just not going to be you know useful for you. Mm -hmm. I've definitely seen a, a GLC effect on in price on some of them older cards um right just getting my own muscle muscle bands went up pretty quickly um for playable versions of that um for something that is like you said an uncommon card or, or, or something like that so that that is a a little bit of a side effect of the popularity of it because now people are actually wanting those more mm -hmm. um I, I have like a little bit of a side question like what uh, what what is the draw like what Gary like what's the draw to the format for you like what what makes you excited about it um well this standard format's lasted um several months now it gets kind of if you're not prepping actively it can get a bit monotonous you know mm -hmm. playing Mew playing Mal Palkia playing Arceus just over and over and over again GLC just provides a new way to play that's exciting and different um to where if you're not trying to actively prep for something that you can still hone your skills you could still learn about how cards work cards that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise picked up um but it just is another way to have fun with Pokemon cards, really. I love that answer. Um, you know, being able to play in a different format, but still able to hone your skills and grow as a player. Um, you know, that really resonates with me. That's that's what our podcast is about. Um, it, you know, so you saying that it's just like I said, it, it, it's it's very it, it hits it hits home, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, see, 
does hit the nail on the head. It is definitely a different way to play and then and like you said, hone the skills because there are a lot of different cards that you can sequence things a lot differently. There's a lot of cards that have a lot more recovery effects that leads to sequencing differently. Um, I enjoy the format because of those things you said, but you also can just kind of have a deck on the side because it's, it's one card. Right. Uh, and some of them are older. They may not, it's just something you can kind of have built maybe one or two of them, depending on what you like. And you do get that breath of fresh air from when you're like, all right, we've tested Palkia and we tested Arceus for like a day and a half now. Can we do like, you want to just throw some like let's do some dragon on on fairy <laughs> battles right now or something like that. Like, All right, Peter. All <laughs> something right. something just different. Uh, fairy is alive and not so well in June. Right. But <laughs> All right. So no, I think you know there's a lot of local areas that are very interested in GLC and there's a lot of appeals um, uh, to it. Um, like you can kind of highlight it. Um, I do kind of want to go to the boring route now. We've already talked about, you know, the tag team format, now the GLC format. Um, we are very close to Worlds. Um, you know, that's what, um, in a few, like two weeks now, uh, two to three weeks. Um, I I would be remiss to not talk about any standard decks. I know um, you kind of, you know, you kind of mentioned the, the top three, I guess. Um, but like if, if you were going to worlds, maybe what would be the deck archetype in standard that you would be considering uh, for bringing it in? And why would that be? Um, this is quite a tricky question um, for sure. Um, recently, I've been really grinding Blissey and Miltank mm -hmm. um, because there is that really solid block that... Um, Miltank provides that gives you the opportunity to set up Blissey fairly early. Um, it gets a bit when you have all this healing cards and the opportunity to heal that Blissey very, very early on. The it's if you can get it set up fairly early, you can hit for major damage and without really having anything on you. No, I, I agree with that. Now, would a deck selection like that um, kind of be metagaming as well? Um, we, we've seen the deck kind of go up and down um, mm -hmm. in its success through its life, especially right when Miltank came out. Um, but you've kind of seen it drop off. Would you pick a deck like that um, impartial because the deck is solid in what it does? Um, but would you also pick it maybe because um, people are maybe not teching for it or prepared for it um, going into a tournament like that? Absolutely. I don't think that just watching i've been keeping an eye on twitch keeping an eye on twitter seeing what people are playing and we're seeing the same three or four decks with variants of those um all of them revolving around a v or a v max pokemon mm -hmm. um if you don't have a tech for mill tank then it's it's the same thing with if you don't have a tech like if you don't have manaphy in your deck then it's going to it's going to cause some problems. Right. Um, I think people will, I think it's not the forefront of the meta, but I think it's going to be enough of a surprise to where maybe some of these players aren't going to tech for it. Right. Uh, I agree with that. Now, uh, would you be playing a Dunsparce in that? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, just because I've seen a lot of uh, 
a lot of these uh, flying Pikachu builds are now including Decidueye V-Star. Right. Right. Um, so it that would be, you would have to watch for that. Uh, you know, Tord Reklev has always got his Urshifu. Right. So um, we could probably expect, to, I would expect to see that again, at least from him. I think uh, if he plays something else, I would be surprised. Right. Oh, uh, the old the old blocker himself comes out <laughs> to take out one of the other block decks. I was I was just going to bring him up, uh, like the Sidui of old. Right, if you're not prepping, you're not prepping for it. It'll get you basically. So. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, and then having that you, that the new Decidueye, the 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 Suian, the V, not the V star, um, is able to hit through that. So there is a little bit of versatility there too. So, uh, but no, I. I would be surprised if I if you don't see at least one or two like really prevalent fighting decks or at least a deck with fighting techs in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now I think when Lost Origin comes around, Miltank's going to be a little bit of a lost cause because that Giratina has an insane shred attack that mm -hmm. would definitely work through that ability. So that's going to be a little bit scary moving forward. This might be the last hurrah for Miltank, but at mm -hmm. the moment, I think it's probably a safe a safe call. Right. I. I I wouldn't fault anybody for bringing a deck like that um, or a tech like that. Okay, but so speaking of you know you know bigger tournaments and going uh, into these tournaments like Worlds, um, uh, yeah, with your first season under your belt, um, is there anything you know outside of the competitiveness um, that you really took uh, took away from you know these these ICs and, and regionals? Um, you know, just as a as an experience in its own. Yeah, um, walking into NAIC, the first thing you saw was this massive Pikachu inflatable, and just looking around at all of the artwork that's on the walls, it was it was quite the experience walking in and going, "Wow, all of these people are like minded." like me they love the same thing i do they're here for the same reason i am because we all just love this game so much um it's charming to see so many uh millennials so many adults <laughs> um we grew up with this game and just seeing how much we still love it and still cling to it as one of our favorite things it's just it's awesome it was great getting to meet a bunch of my Twitter friends at NAIC right. um, that don't live anywhere close to me, just getting to meet them for the first time. It's such a wonderful experience getting to be in that environment. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like going into this first season, um, you know, you have everything you said there, um, you know, plus, you know, you have, um, you know, there's cosplayers there uh, that are just there to have fun for the atmosphere um there's you know the guys that are there just for for some fun laughs like i think we all saw the tweet where uh, i forget who it was but he brought the the 60 of the big jumbo cards um <laughs> fully not intending to do well but just wanted to have it you know his his time in, in the limelight um and just kind of having fun like that so that kind of those kind of things just like bring the community together um you know Unlike any other game that I've played, like Chuck and I've played the game X-Wing and you go to an event, there's a lot of, um, you know, fun things going on, but nothing to the the atmosphere as a Pokemon event, uh, you know, shows uh, as you as you get there. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I can I can say is going to IC was I mean, like the ICs in regionals to an extent was just like 
the awe factor of just like the show they put on and the event that, that the Pokemon puts out, it's it's so much fun because you have that like con aspect where you get to see people that they're all coming to this that you don't usually get to see. You get to meet up with them. So you're doing that. You have the game that you love to play in a competitive format that you also get to do. But then like I I also like to dabble in all the other games. Like I was sitting there and like I thoroughly loved like watching the Pokemon Go players on their <laughs> stream tables because they were so excited about their games. Right. Like they were the ones that were like really cheering, like it's a sporting event, like really going you, you you can do that during the TCG, but like it, there's not as many moments, but like Pokemon Go has more of those moments where you just hear them. Like you're just sitting here playing. Maybe you're back in there playing the side event and you just hear the go guys up in the front just yelling like that something just happened. And, and that kind of cool stuff that happens at those kind of events really gets me pumped and fired up about Pokemon in general. Right. So those kind of experiences I really, really like and make me want to just like I want to go try out like I want to try competitive go for a minute. Just right. I, when I went to to Indianapolis, I you know in the midst of any of my competitive TCG games, I'm just sitting there and I just hear the the special moves of kind of a thing, and I'm like, you're kind of like bringing all elements of Pokemon all in one, no matter what kind of subsection you're in. It just kind of brings them to one, and I think that's beautiful about the game because you don't have to just play the TCG or the VGC. You can play Go. Uh, there, there's you know so many other things that you can do. Yeah. And it's amazing whichever game is most convenient for you that you gravitate towards the most. It's just awesome to see people dive in it. I have a coworker who is looking to get into that competitive TCG and she's she's a little bit old on the older side, but it's Pokemon's not something she would have encountered had she not been able to download it on her phone. Yeah, and now right. she loves it and talks to me about it every day. I want a coworker that I can speak Pokemon with again. I, I used to have our, our meta guy, Ryan. Uh, I used to work with him before he left. Uh, and every day, like, I see him come by. It was never work questions. It was like, hey, did you see X deck or this X card? What do you think of this? Th those kind of things make, like, the biggest difference. It, it makes it so fun. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm so lucky my best friend at my local league just got hired as my partner in crime at oh, my in my building um, so I'm I'm just ready for the shenanigans <laughs> right right I keep trying to recruit I need to recruit some some co-workers to play <laughs> me too me too oh, all right so and there's a lot of great things about IRL play we've talked about different formats you know just playing at you know large uh, a large venue on you know regionals ICs um and, and all everything in between as far as live I um you know IRL stuff um but PTCGO you kind of talked about your coworker um that you know got on on her phone and was able to kind of get hooked on the game that way um briefly do you let's talk a little bit about just the online client and kind of how that um you know connects with uh you know our online play so what are i guess what is your original thought on uh, PTCGO as a client itself and you know good bad or the ugly um i feel like for what it is it's fine um it's some of the music's a little annoying i don't really like the background music so mm -hmm. i have to keep that <laughs> muted um but overall i think i think it's okay i hate the trading system on there mm -hmm. um for me i don't have a lot of my top decks built in uh ptcto simply because you know 
I can choose to invest the $25 for the Arceus V-Star in real life, or I could invest in the 100 packs to have it online. Right. So for me, I prioritize IRL play to the online play. But um, when I am able to get those get those deals, um, I was able to get some Arceuses pretty early on for under 30 packs a piece when I was trying to practice um, right. for the team challenge. Um I just think I think it's just okay. I've been able to do some right. I've been able to do some fairly decent testing. A lot of the times I will test my meme decks just because it's a lot more affordable to get the meme decks on PTCGO than it is in real life. So for a while I was playing right. Kramer and VMAX for funsies, Sashi and V Unions, what I'm working on now just because it wasn't very expensive to get the I think I've spent two dollars to get the right. code for it. All right. Um, no, I that's a really good point because um, those meme decks, you know, not that they're expensive, you know, in retrospect to you know meta decks, um, but you know it is not nothing. But PTCGO, you can you can usually get those like the full deck for under five packs, ten packs max, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know those kind of decks are really fun to play um, and are valuable, um, you know, to to develop your skills, you know, going along the way. Absolutely. Especially if you have an idea of an archetype or something that you want to try out later. Um, for me, it was the I'm working on Zacian because I'm looking at the Zacian V-Star and these mm-hmm. upcoming steel Pokemon thinking, how am I going to make these work? And understanding how they work now will make me a better player when those come out in uh, September and November. Right. Um, so I guess trans, you know, going from PTCGO to PTCGL, um, obviously, um, it's been a little bit of a dumpster fire there, um, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, recently that um, TPCI did announce that it was the beta was open to other countries as well, not just uh, Canada. Um, so kind of, I guess, what what are your hopes for and where do you think if you had to speculate where, you know, they are in the development of PTCGL? If I had to make a prediction, I don't think we're going to be seeing it until well after the team challenge is over, mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot of a player chooses to migrate their account. And technically, by their terms and conditions, we can't have more than one account. Right. So it's it makes things difficult right there. Um, I think. I think the idea of live has a lot of potential. Um, seeing some stuff early on, they do provide some of the meta decks right. and some of the meta cards. So you're not having to dig through and search through trades like, oh goodness, I need a quick shooting in Talion. I have to spend six packs on it or something wild like that. Um, a lot of they give you a lot of the meta cards pretty early on so that you can build with them. Right. Um I, I also like the idea of getting to play it on my phone. I don't feel as comfortable downloading uh, stuff like that to my work computer, but right. I would love to play on my lunch break, you know? Exactly. No, I, I think there's a lot of appeal to it when it's polished. Um, you kind of mentioned trading, um, which a lot of people can tr- complain maybe that, that it's a trading card game, but um, having the dust system does seem very um, friendly for newer players, uh, especially getting you know some of those meta decks um, a little bit more cost efficient uh, online. So um, there's a lot of potential positives for it. I just hope that they do clean that up. And and for the community, I hope it comes out you know sooner rather than later. But you know you're probably right where it's going to be quite a bit down the road. 
I'm hoping we see it with the new Scarlet and Violet cards. When that first set comes out, I'm hope I'm thinking February mm-hmm. after the special set 12.5. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the last question I have with, um, you know, just playing online and stuff, and you did kind of mention team challenge. Um, uh, did you uh, play in the team challenge? How did that kind of go for you? Um. It was very sad how it ended up. Um, I ended up losing in the first week finals to my husband. He beat me using Centiscore to Arceus. Oh, geez. Uh, second week, I was in the finals with my brother. He path-locked me um, and ended up taking that win with Suicune. I was oh, like, geez. are you kidding me? Third week, I did horrible with math uh, with Rapid Strike Malamar. I was 40 or I was, I miscalculated him crucial knockout and and there went my chances right i was really sad about the fourth week i got very very ill and um i played and i could hardly focus on the game so i ended up dropping just because i was not in a state to play right i mean it happens to like everybody has you know good runs and bad runs like mm-hmm. last team challenge i have very much the same way i think i went uh second place second place top four second place and and missed out um and you know we've seen players like uh you know uh toward Reckliff, you know in in big tournaments too uh regionals and whatnot go like oh three drop so it's even the best of players have mm-hmm. uh bad runs so um like you said you know, you, you learn from your lessons and, you know, obviously being sick is not a lesson to learn, but you know, those other ones, I'm sure you learn lessons along the way. And I, I know you'll get there on the next one. I'm I'm going to keep some fingers crossed. Um, My team is now out of the, out of the hunt, but they did get their rewards today. And it was very exciting because um they came with these evolving skies booster boxes that nobody was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. getting getting to watch my husband open up his prize packs was a joy. He pull anything from those? Um, no, no alt arts, no secret rares, but there were eight hits in the box. Oh, geez, that's awesome! So I mean, eight hits is eight hits. Yeah, yeah. Um, guys, uh, switch up was a pretty cool uh, for the team challenge. Like some people were were just expecting like Astro Radiance or or even Brilliant Stars, but um. I don't they know. Had... I, I was ha- I would have been happily like surprised with evolving skies. So, and they had no clue these boxes were coming. We stopped by our local store today, and they're like, "Oh, and here's a box." <laughs> Surprise! That's awesome. That's very cool. Uh, uh, well, I can speak from organizing a team challenge. We still had no idea when they were coming up until like the week they got there. So right. The, yeah, uh, Sports Car Junction, uh, you know, Nate, the you know, the guy that's our TO uh, that represents the store texted us today that the the, the first round of uh, the prizes were in. So, we, you know, those mats, um, awesome. Uh, the booster boxes, I, I can't wait um, to get my hands on that stuff um, going forward. Fingers crossed for that Umbreon uh, VMAX alt art for you. I hope you get it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, before we get into our fun stuff, I, I guess to kind of end the episode um, instead of having it in the middle, um, is there anything about the, you know, the direction of Pokemon or anything that we kind of missed that you, you feel that is prevalent to talk about? Um, you know, just anything Pokemon TCG related? I think it's important to mention how the 
face of Pokemon is changing. Um, for females that are scared to get into the game, there are so many more in the game now. Um, it was very comforting to see a lot of people who were like me at the bigger tournaments. Um, I didn't feel quite as alone. We have a lot of females in our local league. Um, so there are all kinds of resources. I was very thankful to get involved with Palette of Friends and they were able to hook me up with my first coach. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, that that coaching session kind of set the tone for how I play now and how I'm going to improve in the future. Right. Um, so I would always recommend, you know, if your girl try to play, play, have play. fun. Yeah, don't don't let, you know, anything intimidate you. Um, some this is not specific to Pokemon, but just growing up in life and anything competitive I've done, um, some of the best players, um, you know, in, in, in hockey, in in uh, X-Wing, in, in Pokemon and in, in everything else uh, have been females. Um, you know, they rock, you know, every, you know, if they put the time and effort in, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, and don't let, you know, you know, you know, some of the, maybe the talks that there are, you know, that I'm sure there's uh, some toxic people in there. Don't let those people ruin it for you. Um, like Ali said, there are so many powerful women in the game of Pokemon. Um, we've had a, a, we've had the opportunity to have a bunch of them on our podcast um, and kind of learn about, you know, everybody and what makes them tick. And I, I think um, it's just like you said, um, it's great to see so many you know powerful women in the game. Yep. If you want to if you want to play it, just play the game i've i've personally had way more positive experiences than negative experiences i think i've only had one really weird experience but i moved on i mean right. it was a i've had way way more fun and way more positive than negative right sure. i mean every community is going to have that five percent um negative and i don't think that's necessarily just think you know focused on one area or another it's just some people are just salty uh for no good reason <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no one's got to shake the salt just to shake the salt. Yeah, you got to yeah. add a little flavor to the community. <laughs> got to like, got to like do it like Salt Bay. Right, right exactly. <laughs> All right, Chuck. Um, let's can get I, into. Ask, our... uh, okay, okay. Sorry. I, I, can I ask one question? I just want. It's just a fun question. Yeah. Uh, to, I just want. Is there anything now that we know that? Obviously, we know that Scarlet and Violet is coming. Is there anything you're looking forward to? potentially from Scarlet and Violet, because you did mention earlier, you played all the games and things like that. So even video game wise, or even maybe something that comes to the, the, the trading card game, is there anything Scarlet and video or Scarlet and Violet that you're looking forward to? Don Sparse Evolution. <laughs> okay. That was dumb. <laughs> okay. I can't, I can't, I can't confirm that though. That's just what the leakers are saying. Um, It's, it's going to be, I really loved Legends of Arceus, how it was open world, how you could explore the region in a different way um i'm suspecting maybe there might be some kind of mario kart element because the um the legendaries look like motorcycles and hover mm. bikes to me so i'm excited to see what that might turn into and um fue coco is the sweetest little thing so uh, i'm excited to see uh what kind of big bad thing it turns into right that's still like the hot topic on the internet. What does it, is it stay a gator? Does it turn into a dragon? Does it, where does it go? So we just right. know it's fire. Yeah. So we like got Alia's fire uh, with the, with the cocoa. Uh, Chuck, what was, what, what is your starter going to be? Oh, Sprigatito. 
That's yep. that, that's that's team grass Grass-cat, cat, right? Yeah, yeah. Grass-cat. Sorry, I'm on grass cat too. <laughs> I think my my first impression was Sprigatito, but the more I look at Foy Coco and those, I mean, it's it's the dunce sparse effect. The more I look yeah. into those derpy little eyes, the more I love it. Oh, yeah. what, is the duck's name? what is the duck's name? Quaxi or something like that, right? Quaxley. Uh, Quaxley. Yeah. Okay. Fun Quaxley. Hair. Yeah. Uh, depending on how Quaxley evolves, he might take the cake. But he, as a starter, he just kind of looks like very similar to other things that I've seen. But if he might, he could. I've seen some funny evolutions of him that they go anywhere <laughs> near some things that they might actually turn out pretty cool. Right. But um, he just looks like a duck I, from DuckTales. And uh, I, I can't, I, I feel like they just ripped him off straight from that. So, yeah. how majestic <laughs> is that hair going to get? That's the real question. Yeah, that's very question. true. All right. I'll let you, we're going to go into the fun stuff. That's right. all I have. Okay. It's time for some trivia. It's time for trivia, trivia. Okay, let's party. <laughs> let's party. And I actually have two questions for you guys today. Um, so you we'll play. What's that? You can have both questions then. No, nope. You got to figure one out. So you you've had time, my friend. Um, we're gonna start. Um, we're gonna start with my standard type of question. Um, so if you have not listened to the um, uh, the the cast in the past, I play the game. Guess that Pokemon this ability and or attack belongs to, um, and I always pick a standard legal uh, Pokemon uh, for that. So don't worry about trying to pick something um, outside of you know the last couple of years here. Um, so. This Pokemon is has an ability, and so it's guess that Pokemon this ability belongs to. And its ability name is Ninja Body. This sounds like Shedinja. It's either Greninja or it has Ninja in the name. So it's either Greninja or Shedinja. I mean, I want to, I want to. I'm gonna to defer to Allie because you stump me all the time. I stump you all the time. So is uh, Shuninja going to be your final answer? I, I think so. <laughs> You're making me nervous there. <laughs> um, well, if it is a Shuninja, it's not the one I was thinking. Um, that, of course, is Greninja v Union, <laughs> and I <laughs> and I did another one on the Greninja v Union a couple of weeks ago, and I. I figured Chuck would not think I went back to the same card, so I went back. I, I didn't. I didn't. You, you. I, I thought it. I was like, it's Greninja or it's Shed. She said Shedinja. I was like, I think that's that ability that when it sheds, right. uh, it comes out. And no, then, so like, you just did a Greninja card, right? And, and I took it from the V's V Union too. So I, I wanted to throw back. a curveball since they have so many abilities and tax, but um, Ninja Body. Whenever your opponent plays an item card from their hand, prevent all effects of that card done to this Pokemon. So no cross catchers, no Pokemon catchers, um, no anything like that. Uh, anything that may poison in the, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter if it's an item card. It doesn't affect Greninja V Union. I have never played with Greninja V Union. <laughs> I've uh, never it, played against it either. It, it's it's a it's a fun card. It's not. I don't foresee it being meta especially with having um manaphy in the in the format currently mm-hmm. all right chuck do you want to ask the next one and then i will 
end it out. That, uh, then I'll I'll have my second question. All right. I was trying to find a cool question, but we are going to go back to the name that trainer card. So, um, I am going to randomly generate a train a trainer card from the pile of trainer cards in my hand, and you guys have to tell me as I read the ability what it does. So, um, here we go. This is a standard legal card. All right, and the ability, the word on the text on the card says, "Look at the top seven cards of your deck. You may reveal an energy card you find there and put it into your hand. Shuffle the other cards back into your deck." This is energy lotto. Yeah, I was gonna say energy lotto. She beat me to it. <laughs> Did you say yes? Yeah, it is energy lotto. That's uh, an easy one. Yeah, so, I didn't even hesitate. I had like a slight second of hesitation. <laughs> you beat me to the punch, but we got I had it. to redeem myself. I had right? to redeem myself after Greninja V Union. Right. <laughs> no, I I love these games because it it's fun um to try to like you know jog your memory or or see, but it also kind of helps um you know prepare for maybe things you might see in the future um or not maybe not thinking of um going going forward. I'm going to have to get you some not standard legal ones next time. Yeah, get, that's get... fine. That's fine. You bring it on, buddy. What about the spirit mask or the billowing smoke? <laughs> yeah, something like that. That, I might, that might stump me for sure. <laughs> okay, so I have one more trivia question. Um, and this is coming from uh, our local Steve the Good. Um, awesome, awesome part of our community. Um, a judge, obviously, um, on, on the regional levels and all that stuff. He has a wealth of Pokemon knowledge. And this one um, really was a kind of an interesting question. It's not TCG. Uh, well, it is TCG related, but it's not really uh, standard legal. Um, so I guess the question is, um, which Pokemon is on every edition of the, the Champions Festival uh, release cards that are part of like the Champions Festivals at Worlds? Ooh. Ooh, okay. Let me uh load up PTCGL. No, nope, or... you cannot look. No cheating. So I have I have a guess. That's about it. I think your Pikachu is on every single one, but I've also heard that Side Duck is also one that is on every single one. I was I was there, gonna say it's gotta be Pikachu. There's only one, I'll tell you that. Only one? Mm-hmm. I feel I like if the answer is Pikachu, then it wouldn't. That was too easy, right? It's got to be Pikachu. I'm finally answer Pikachu. Unless I can phone a friend, I'll call my friend Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't know. You can't. Sorry. You know what? I'm going to say Psyduck just to just just to see. <laughs> and the answer is Psyduck. Ah, yay! <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right. No, that, no, that I thought that was an interesting question. I had no idea. To be honest with you, when he asked me or told me this question, I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. What is what is this? Uh, what is these cards? These championship festival cards you're talking about? <laughs> I think I saw somebody recently on Twitter post the new Champions Festival, and they made a comment that Psyduck was not on it. 
Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that would make I sense. Think, I think that's why that came to mind, because I'm like, why does that? What? Right. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Real breaking Nate. No side up this year. No. Wah, wah. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we want to do? Yes, we want to do random, uh, random, random card, card madness. madness. OK, random card madness. So uh, just for Allie's uh, refresher, in case he doesn't know, what we do here is uh, I'm going to do um, we randomly generate a number from the latest set list. And be that the set list for Lost Origin is known, I'm going to do another card from that Japanese set list. And then I will read out the translation of what it does. And then we basically decide whether this card is going to become uh, bulk, or are we going to uh, put it in decks? Um, simply put that. So uh, I have randomly generated a number from 1 to 100. That's the amount of cards in that set. And I got card number 65. Now card number 65 leads us to Stonejourner, a fighting Pokemon with 140 HP. This is a single prize Pokemon, and it does actually interact with the Lost Zone. So um, this card does uh, has two attacks. There's one for colorless. It does Power Stone. Attach up to two fighting energy from your hand to your Pokemon and play in any way you like. And then for uh, a fighting in three colorless, so four total energy, you do Lost Lost Shoot, 120 damage, and you put the top card of your opponent's deck into the Lost Zone. So, and then has a retreat of four, which I guess is notable to say. So that is the new Stone Journer that will be possibly part of the Lost Origin set uh, because it is in Lost Abyss. So, Ali, we'll start with you. Is that going to be something that's going to be found in decks, or are you going to say that's going to end up being a bulk Pokemon card? Immediately, my thought here is bulk. I think that the energy cost for what it is is way too high. Retreat cost way too high um if you want a card that interacts with the lost zone cram ranch is a much better option because if you have more cards in the lost zone it's a free attack um i don't think stone if i'm building something revolving around the lost zone that's going to be one that i do not use i would agree even if the cost and the retreat were more manageable um sure a one random card off the top of your opponent's uh you know deck could hurt them um but probably not um in that yeah i don't think the attack's good enough and it's just too clunky even with some of the um support that um fighting has it haven't really seen a lot of love like the 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 pickaxe um the gutsy pickaxe would be something that can kind of help you know accelerate that a little bit um but even at that are you going to put all that effort in for that attack no um, so for me, it's going to be bulk, uh, maybe keep a one or two of if, if there is some kind of box deck maybe in the future, but yeah, my bulk. Yep. I agree with both of you there. I do like its attack in that it puts a random card for it's random because it's the top card of your opponent's deck into the lost zone. I just like the idea of hitting that one card that beats your <laughs> deck and then it goes to the lost zone and you're just like, yeah, I win. But, uh, it, that's cool, but it's just too expensive. Too expensive to be, I think, usable in any fashion that he can be put to a deck. Right. 
So I mean, could be could I mean, if a Ranguru has put something you know that they need at the top of their deck, right? That might be the one single use. But are you gonna make a deck archetype around a card that's maybe in five percent of decks? Absolutely not. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Absolutely not. And Ranguru won't be around for that much longer either. No. So, there might no. be something uh, unfortunately it's, it's going to be one of those ones that just doesn't get probably used so that's another uh, one of those random cards that sometimes they're, they're winners and sometimes they're bulk so right this one turns into bulk i don't think it'll be very good for glc format either nah i agree all right well that's for random card yeah but i <laughs> I think it's time to go talk to Turtwig and Ryan and get a meta report for the week. Ladies and gentlemen, trainers and Pokemon alike, you're listening to <laughs> Turtwig Talks the Meta. This is your host, Ryan, otherwise known as RY for Gaming. I'm joined by none other than the best starter of all time, Turtwig. This week we have 17 tournaments, 1,708 unique deck plays, and 4,575 matches to cover this week. Now, let's hop into those top eights. Starting off, Palkia Ice Rider had 8 top 8s, Regular Ice Rider had 8 top 8s, Mew had 18 top 8s, Palkia had 29 top 8s, Arceus had 30 top 8s, rounding off the top 8s for this week. Now let's hop right into those boring meta numbers. Starting off, all these decks had over a 50% win rate this week, those being Arceus Inteleon, Palkia Inteleon, Mew Genesect, and Ice Rider Inteleon. Notable changes to Mew Genesect, Ice Rider Teleon, Arceus Duraludon, The Rocks, Arceus Mewtwo, and Dialga. Starting off, Mew Genesect was up in win percentage by 4%, shooting it to the top win percentage this week of the top 20 decks. Ice Rider had a jump in win percentage by 3%, shooting it just above 50, shooting it above 50%, being the second highest of the top 20 decks of this week. Arceus Duraludon was down in win percentage by 3.5%, shooting it just below 50%. The rocks were up in win percentage by 4%, but, I mean, going from 40% up to 44%, not really uh, too much to say I don't like the deck, so yay, rocks. Arceus Mewtwo was down in win percentage by 6%, evening it back out to around a little under where it should be, under that 50%, around 48% for the week, so... Arceus Mewtwo will probably have to bounce back. Next, the Dialga was up in win percentage by 5.5%, bringing it just below the 50% this week. So that's it for the boring meta numbers. I would like to thank our local group at Heroes in Comics by shouting out our local players. Thanks again for showing up, guys. I appreciate all of you. I would also like to shout out our juniors and their parents for bringing them out to our Saturday Juniors League at Heroes Inc. Comics. You guys have been making my weeks better by being so wholesome and awesome. I love all of you guys. Now, let's talk about the decks that won this week. All these decks had a single win this week. Those being Arceus Duraludon, Blissey, Dialga, Mewtwo, Palkia Ice Rider, The Rocks, and that's it. Arceus had two wins this week. Mew had four wins this week. Aha, uh-huh, it's coming back. And Palkia had five wins this week. So... Turtwig worked hard on getting all this data ready just for you. So if you could let us know on Twitter at RY4Gaming your thoughts on this week's report. That does it for this week's Turtwig Talks the Meta. I hope you all enjoyed and had a wonderful time. Until next time, be safe and take care, Pokemon trainers.
And that was another great meta report by Ryan. Thank you again. And as after every great meta report, it is time for the news. So, uh, this week in Pokemon, we do not have a whole lot of news. What do we got, Jake? Okay, well, you say there's not a whole lot of news, but there is one article. Um, and this is a mouthful. I know I'm going to mess it up. But from the set um, um, in, in Incandescent Arcana, Ar- Arson, I I can't pronounce that. Um, Ali, you said that you saw that this is uh, a set that's coming out in um, that. Well, I'm sorry, that GameStop kind of announced and leaked the name. Yeah. So uh, an, an image of an employee screen leaked, I think, today. Um, rumor is that it's going to be called Silver Tempest. Mm-hmm. Be released on good old eleven eleven. So make some wishes that you get some good pulls for that set. That's that's kind of funny that you said make some wishes because one of the cards that was revealed was a radiant Jirachi, and I guess we can start there. Um, so radiant Jirachi, a basic Pokemon, uh, ninety HP. Um, he is a metal like always, uh, weak to fire, resistant to grass. Um, he has an ability and an attack. Um, so let's start off with the ability, um, pass a wish. Um, if this Pokemon was knocked out during your opponent's, um, or from your opponent's attack, search your deck for up to three cards and put them into your hand, then shuffle your deck. Um, so, you know, getting specific cards out of your deck, pretty good. Um, so we'll get kind of, let's talk about the attack and then overall, let's talk about, uh, Jirachi at that point. Um, his his attack is for colorless, colorless, um, stellar doom. Um, flip two coins. If both are heads, your opponent's active Pokemon is knocked out. Now we've seen cards like this. Uh, was it the Cleavor? Uh, very similar. Um, but this is this is a basic, and it has an ability um, that can help you draw cards. So um, let's start with Ali. What do you think of this new Radiant Jirachi? So Radiant Jirachi. I think has a lot of potential here. Um, This could be a very, very good in between kind of um, support Pokemon. I think of, you know, if you have that, you need that turn to set up your extra V or V star. Um, Throwing that Jirachi up there so you can get that extra three cards when it's knocked out is really, really useful because that could be the game changer. You might need that boss or, um, you know, that supporter or that item card that's going to make your Pokemon just a bit stronger. Um, Stellar Doom, I don't know how I feel about the flip two coins um, in general because it's very low probability to get both heads. It's not impossible. We saw that at NAIC um, because a lot of the times we saw two tails or two heads. it's it, there's always a chance so um especially for two colorless um you throw you can slap a double color or not a double cover colorless double turbo on there it does not affect its hp so it might not be a horrible option if you are looking for a radiant pokemon to or a single prize attacker to throw into your deck right um it's a high roller card it is absolutely <laughs> i guess i'll take next on this one um we kind of seen with Cleaver that does exact same thing. Uh, so the pluses is it's it's a basic um, that can set up on one energy attached with a double colorless. Um, uh, and then you also have Glimwood Tangle to kind of help improve your odds of double heads. Um, like you said, it's still not a guarantee. 
um, even with rerolls. Um, but then another thing to start that sets us apart over that cleaver um, is the ability, um, you know, being able to draw cards, uh, whatever three cards you want after the fact or after you get knocked out. So there's no no Marnies or or judges or anything that's going to affect you there. Um, but negatives, um, it's inconsistent with its attack, um, and you know you can just boss around it or do something to that effect. Um, if it's the only thing in the active, yeah, you just win the game. Um, so there are negatives there. Um, but I guess another positive is you're forcing them to, you know, boss something else, and then you can potentially take the Oko again. Um, I don't see this having a lot of relevance in like in meta meta decks, um, but bringing this to locals, catching people off guard, uh, this seems like a fun card for sure. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, quickly agree with most of those. I like the pass of wish ability. It's something your opponent's not going to want to give you, but uh, may be forced to. Um, so uh, that's pretty cool. And then, like I said, it's a high roller attack, Stellar Doom. Uh, you just pray and you hit both. And then if you do, um, <laughs> I mean, you're just living the good life then. like Because you got the, the free random hard knockout on that double flip. Uh, wait for the because if you hit that double flip and then the <laughs> opponent has to take that knockout on that Jirachi, they're just flipping the table at that point. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> you just Do go grab all memes. three versions of the memes. <laughs> even, <laughs> be- memes even better if it hits a V Max so. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, taking a free, uh, free, uh, three prizer um, seems pretty fun. All right. All right. Right. So, I, I mean, there's a few other cards um, that are here, but I just want to highlight two more, I guess. Um, and the next one I want to talk about is the Alolan Vulpix V-Star. Um, we're going to skip the V because um, it doesn't look like it does anything too, too crazy. Um, you're more more just trying to get that V-Star out there. Um, so it is a Water-type Pokemon. It's a V-Star, so it is a Stage 1 um, with 240 HP, water type, metal weakness, resistance to none, retreat of one. Um, so very, um, you know, prevalent there. It has a an attack and a V-star power attack. Um, so we'll start with its basic attack uh, for a water and double colorless. We got Snow Mirage uh, for 160 damage. This attack's damage isn't affected by your... Um, by effects of your opponent's active Pokemon during your opponent's next turn, prevent all damage done uh, to this Pokemon from Pokemon with abilities. Um, so I wanted to stop right there. Um, that seems like there's a lot of versatility in that attack. What do you guys think of that attack on its own? I'll, I, I'll chime in. That's uh, basically what we've seen flying Pikachu, but a little bit more effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the current meta because it's going to be doing that 160 and then locking the damage out for a lot of Pokemon that, uh, that let me just name a few, uh, Arceus, Palkia, uh, I'm blanking on some more, but there's some Mew. other big Pokemon out uh, there well, that Mew are very popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mew doesn't have the ability. Yeah, no, but, Mew doesn't have it. Yeah, I was thinking uh, it's ability. A lot of big Pokemon <laughs> out there that have abilities. Yeah. So not only that, like it, the top two. So it, let's just say that it blocks uh, Pokemon's damage from the abilities, but it also hits through those mill tanks and those stall cards that we were kind of talking about. So 
Um, it's versatile. There's versatility in the attack. Yep. Did you want to add anything to that, uh, Ali? Did you? What do you think of that attack? I think it could be very, very useful. Um, the key here is that it prevents all damage done to this Pokemon. So that does not it's not going to be a situation where okay your opponent switches pokemon and then they can attack um because that ability applies to the Vulpix. right yeah uh, i would get a little bit worried knowing that giratina is coming out very very soon with that very hard hitting attack that should go the giratina v should be able to go through mm -hmm. uh, that attack um but I think that being able to block your opponent's abilities, being able to protect yourself, at the moment, there aren't very many cards that are going to be able to combat that easily. Definitely agree with that. Um, but let's move on. Um, it does have a V-Star attack as well um, for no cost. Um, there is no energy cost to it. Um, Silver Snow Star, so V-Power, um, 70x damage. This attack does 70 uh, damage times the number of your opponent's uh, Pokemon V. Uh, don't apply weakness or resistance. You can't use more than one V-Star attack in this. So um, decks like Mew to or Mew, um, or you know, a lot of these decks have you know, you know, set of Pokemon um, that are V Pokemon. You're doing 70x damage. Um, so this can ramp up um, for Oko's depending on the matchup. So I think that this V-Star move is a game-changing move. The fact it doesn't have any energy cost, um, I feel like this is going to be your final hit on whatever you need to to get those last few prize cards. Mm -hmm. um, seven, doing 70 damage for every single uh, V-Pokemon, that's pretty insane, especially because some of these decks are running. I, th I think about like Sylveon runs like exclusively V Pokemon. Um that M I mean Mew does we, as well. <laughs> yeah, Mew. Um so that 210 to 80. Um if you're getting real crazy, what is that? 30 350? No, it could I could do seven seven, seven. times six <laughs> is four hundred twenty. Overkill. Yeah, like this could really mess. This could this could be the game changing card, um, the game changing move that uh, you need at the end in order to get those last cards, those last prizes. It will definitely make your opponent um, think of how their game state is going to be because they can't overbench because it's, it's kind of the same effect as like Palkia is now um, to some extent because like you bench too many people uh, or too many V's. Um, you're going to pay for it. Uh, but if you don't bench them, your consistency goes down. So you, you kind of have that double-edged sword. It's not just the attack where it's it's ending it, like you said. It's it's um, making them choose what they have to do on their deck. Depending on the deck they're playing, it might be very devastating. Yeah. And like you were saying, the, the I, I agree with this. This attack's pretty good because that 70 times is you're doing significant damage pretty quickly. Three is 210 damage. You're talking V knockouts. Four is V star knockouts because that gets to 280. And then those V specific Pokemon, you're getting V max territory with um, with five, six. If, if Stone Joiner just played more than one V max, you might right. even be able to one hit KO. <laughs> but. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, and the, the Crobats and the Luminions definitely, definitely add up. Yep. Couldn't agree more. 
I feel like a tech that you could put in if you were really worried about a little uh, Vulpix V-Star, you might consider teching in a Volo to remove a card from play and put it into your discard pile. Um, that might be a really decent tech that I know is coming out fairly soon if that's something, if this is a card that scares you. Right. And for, uh, yeah, that's, I don't know. We'll see. We've had cards in the past. I forget the Pokemon. Uh, was it the, the, was it the Pony? Um, the water pony, what's his name? Caldeo? Caldeo, yeah, yeah. He was very similar with uh, GX's, where he kind of like walled off, uh, well, maybe not with the damage, but with the walling kind of effect. Um, very similar, and it was definitely, um, you know, something that you had to, you know, at least consider while building decks. So, definitely something that you definitely have to consider while making your decks because you can't just run Palkia as it is now. Um, Arceus is some builds maybe. Um, and then so on and so forth. So, um, like I said, that give it, it makes it changes the meta, um, not just because of its attack, but because of what it does to other decks and how they have to play and handle that deck. You have to fully consider what you've got in play um, against this against this one. Uh, Vol and Volpix, though, it needs that big charm or something to beef up its HP. Two forty might not be cutting it too much, but right. a little weak. <laughs> it it can, it can, it could be pretty threatening as we uh, look forward into the future of the game. All right, so I mean, there's a wealth of cards here, um, but I think this one blew up more than anyone else or any other card that I saw on Twitter. Um, so I definitely want to read this card, talk about it, um, and to end this new segment, and that is a trainer card, uh, Serena. What she is a supporter card. Um, so it reads: choose one. So option one, uh, discard up to up to three cards from your hand. Uh, you must discard at least one, then draw cards until you have five cards in hand. Um, it's a second uh, it's second uh, effect um, that you can pick. So option two, switch one of your opponent's Pokemon V with their active. So it's a hybrid of boss's orders and the barrel with the option to discard, which has we seen many, many archetypes want to discard cards to put in their their discard for energy acceleration um discarding pokemon for more damage um this that or everything so do you think this card is good uh, or overrated this card makes me nervous about what um we're going to see in the scarlet violet set towards the end of sun and moon we saw a lot of cards that were specifically geared towards key x pokemon mm-hmm. And we're starting to see a lot more, instead of just general um, rule blocks, we are seeing specifically V Pokemon. And this makes me wonder, okay, what's the meta going to look like um, six months, six, seven months from now, once we get that first Scarlet and Violet set? Is there going to be a new mechanic that takes over? Are we going to, is this going to be the end of V Stars? um that's kind of my that was my initial thought when i saw this you know i read in i might be reading into it way too deeply (laughs) but um i remember looking at like great catcher and looking at those very specific um i think there were cards that were specific like okay this applies to v pokemon but not a gx uh at the beginning of sword and shield so is this the beginning of the end for v's and v stars i don't think it's a better boss because a lot of the times uh you want to snipe out that um 
you want to call that uh Intellion yeah. or that draw support, the B Burl. Um, sometimes you would prefer to get that easy knockout on the only draw support on your opponent's bench or the energy acceleration. Sometimes that's more useful than getting that Pokemon V. This card just makes me a little bit nervous. I do love that they give me a choice, though. I want to see more cards like that. Right. I love the choice aspect. Um, it gives you different options for different situations. Like you said, like it is it is a consistency card. It is a gust card. Um, depending on what you're what what deck you're playing against. So even if you play a card like this as like a custom card, like a boss's orders or something, and then you happen to play against like a, a ditto box or something, uh, you know, some single prize deck. Um, I mean, it's not a dead card. Um, you, you can still draw cards. You can still get that discarding effect. Um, is it going to replace boss's orders completely? No, because boss is just better still uh, when it comes to gusting. And you still have other options to do this. But I love the options. Um, and I, I do find, it, at least when it first comes out, that there will be some, some uses for it as V's start to get faded and then we go to the next mechanic you'll see less and less of this card um but still um viable option yeah i'm i'm a little conflicted on it uh be that it is a marginally less it's less good versions of other cards but combined into one so it's, it's not a free range boss it's not necessarily the best draw because you are drawing up to five obviously you have the ability to get down some but um it could be only three cards it's kind um, of like a hop what your hand size is. effect uh, yeah <laughs> uh it's just i i feel like it might be too what's the word underpowered um yeah it might be like the it might be rather than like having two marginal options it's better just to have the best of both worlds in separate cards rather than worse options in one that's all 100 fair right, only time will tell this feels like a card that i might just throw one of like a roxanne originally we thought you know okay we're throwing three roxanne in right. and i think we quickly realized that you know one with a pal pad or maybe even at most two is ideal. I feel like that's kind of what we're going to see with this card as well. That's a great point. Uh, I, I think a lot of people do fall into that trap. Like, Oh, this is such a busted card. Let's just maximize the amount of, you know, you know, counts of it. Um, but yeah, you, you couldn't have said it better. Yeah. I'm, well, on that Roxanne front, I was one of them. I quickly was like, ah, <laughs> let's go all Roxanne. And I was like, I can't use these. So then right. I quickly was like, Let's put Marnie back in. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So, I mean, I think that's going to do it for the news and actually just for the podcast, um, you know, changing it up a little bit uh, on our, um, you know, delivery of, you know, order of what we do. Um, hopefully that feels like it flowed pretty good. Um, I would be interested, you know, to to hear what you guys think. Let us know in the comments. Um, you know, we, we have all our normal social medias that you can hit us uh Hit us up on, um, tell us, you know, what we're doing good, what we're doing bad. Uh, we're always willing to listen. So um, we want to hear your guys' takes. But before we 
end it off today. Um, I want to give Allie this opportunity um, to give shout outs or plugs or anything. Um, it, now's your time to give love to your community and, and you call out any people that matter to you most. Oh, okay. Um, well, I'm going to shout out my husband, goes by NotValid25 on Twitter, uh, my brother, Young Lion Lux, my best friends, uh, aesthetically Josh and aesthetically Kelsey. I'm going to shout out my two coaches, Stefan Ivanov, amazing player, like, mm-hmm. holy cow. Um, and JW, Walter, thank you guys so much. And I want to shout you two out, like, Thank you so much for having me. You guys rock. Um, oh, it's no been problem. so great to talk to you today. And I hope that I get to talk to you guys more in the future. Oh, for sure. Our our DMs are always open for um like like anything Pokemon or any anything really uh related. We're we're very welcoming to the community and you know, just love to make friends through the game of Pokemon. Yeah. And thank you for coming on and being a part of the cast. We always appreciate our guests. So for sure. Well, um, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys for hanging out with us till the end. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, if, as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Panux1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy and Ryan at ry for gaming You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokeyPod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We'll see you all next time. See you later.